is Mother's Day and you know, Mother's Day is such a happy day. I love Mother's Day because it's a time to celebrate mothers. But at the same time, I know Mother's Day can be a difficult day for many people because being a mother is not always easy. It's really not always easy. And so today, as we come, I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge all the women in SIBKL. Yeah, you know, really, Mother's Day tells me it is a day that we celebrate the the, the creation, the beautiful creation that God has given us woman in our midst. He put in us a nurturing and mothering heart for everything that we, we put our hands to, whether we have children or not, or whether our children are with us or not. God has put in this nurturing and mothering heart in us. And so we really want to take this opportunity to celebrate you as women here in SIBKL. We contribute to this church, the community, to the world in a very special and unique way. And so right now, I want you to turn to a woman around you and tell them, I love the shoes that you're wearing today. Oh, suddenly everyone turned a little bit jabo already. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't even notice their shoes until I made you say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we can be a little bit more feminine today because it's Mother's Day. You know, um, it's Mother's Day. So let me start with telling you um, a story on a reality that a lot of mothers go through. You know, the other day, I, I went into the lift, and the lift was fairly full. Um, I have two kids, one 10-year-old girl and one 8-year-old boy. Um, my 8-year-old boy is in standard two, and he is about this high, right? He's this tall right now. He's quite tall for his age. And so what happened is, when the lift is quite full, so naturally the kids will come closer to you. And so when my kids was coming closer to me, my son's height and hands kind of like rested on my tummy and he started to acclaim loudly, ooh, wobbly. <laughs> yeah, that's the things that mothers have to go through. Um, being a mom is not always easy. You feel underappreciated, you feel unqualified, you feel you are not enough, you are not doing enough, you are not bringing your kids enough places. And school holiday is coming up end of this month. Oh my gosh. I think some of mothers will understand. It's school holiday again. Why so fast? You know, you have to think of what to do with them and where to bring them and all that. Um, so, you know, I think all of you understand, those that are moms understand some of these things we go through. But when I thought about it, you know, I thought it's really not just mothers that go through that. I think everyone goes through that feeling of being not enough. That you didn't, maybe didn't do enough, you're not good enough. And that feeling, you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's called being a grown-up. It's called life. We go through that. And I don't know about you, have you ever felt like, whether does this matter? Does this matter at all? Let me show you a picture. I have this picture. Um, and, and if you look at this picture, I think it's, it's, it's not a common thing, but this is, it paints a picture of sometimes what we go through. It's like the whole world is revolving around us going at a fast pace, moving and doing, everyone is busy. 
but yet you are standing right in the center of everything, but you feel small. Does anyone even care? Does it even matter that I'm here? Do I even matter? For mothers, it could be, you know, you're trying hard to put food, good food, on the table for your kids, but does it even matter that I'm trying to provide a good home? Not a perfect home. Of course, everything could be better, but a safe home that our kids, our family will grow in, feel safe in, grow well in. Does it even matter that I'm trying to do that? Does it matter that I'm trying to make sure we have clean clothes, the kids wear the right thing, you know? And there's this magical thing about socks. Um, I don't know about you, but, you know, why is socks, uh, and not just any socks, dirty socks, it will magically appear everywhere in the house. Um, you know, just the other day, in my beautiful kitchen counter where we put food, suddenly a dirty socks appeared there. And another day, on top of my tissue box, tissue box, there was a pair of dirty socks. It's like, oh gosh, some mothers would know what I'm talking about, you know? But, you know, we do all that, but sometimes we wonder, does it even matter? Does it even matter? But I think this feeling extends out. You know, for the rest of us, you might be slaving at your work. You're doing so much. You're putting in extra time. But you're thinking, does it even matter? Because your boss, all he's doing is demanding more. Does it even matter what I do? Some students here, you might be stayed up all night to do an assignment. But you're wondering, does this even matter? Will I use this in my future? Does it even matter, that feeling? And, you know, of course, sometimes when it comes to serving church, you know, you, you wonder, does it matter if I serve in church? Because look at that, there's hundreds of volunteers. Do they even need me? And, you know, this is the very feeling that I want to talk about when you put in 100% into what you do, but yet you feel insignificant. You feel like it doesn't seem to matter. And this is the very thing I want to talk about today in my sermon. And so can we look at Scripture? Can we look at Scripture? Luke 20. If you can turn your Bibles to Luke 20, I don't have the Scripture up on stage because I think it's good when we come into the house of God that we turn to our Bibles, yes? Whether it's an electronic Bible or a physical Bible, can we all turn to Luke 20? And if you don't have a Bible with you, can you just turn to the person next to you, smile nicely to them and ask, can we share? Yeah, and if you're there, say yes. Yeah, all right. Okay, let me read from verse 45. It says, while all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogue and in the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for, the sh for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gift into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said. This poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. All she had to live on. Amen. The title of my sermon today is you matter. K 
Can you turn to someone next to you and say, you matter? Can you turn to the other person next to you and say, what you do matters? This passage usually illustrates tithing or giving. You know, we use this passage very commonly for tithing and greeting, uh, giving. But today, because it's Mother's Day, I'm not going to look at the money side of things. I'm going to look at the woman that is shared in this passage. So, you know, so what matters when we look at this passage? What matters? There are three things that I got from this passage. The first thing is your heart matters. What matters? Your heart. Second thing is your heartache. And third is your hidden treasure. Your hidden treasure. So what do I mean by your heart? What about your heart matters? Um, In Luke 21, verse 2 It actually reads, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Copper coins, sorry. A a copper coin is really the smallest currency denominator in its time. What is our smallest currency denominator right now? It's, of course, coins, it's cents, is our smallest currency denominator. The smallest one is Faisena. Five cents, right? So basically, um, how much does this copper coin values that very little, okay? It's very little. Um, But the thing is, so the point is, is the value in itself is very small. But here in verse 4, it says, she put in all she had to live on. What Jesus was saying here is that this, what this poor widow gave matters. What this poor widow gave matters. He values it. He honors it. Because he saw her heart. He saw her heart. Jesus looks at your heart and the motive of your heart. Let me repeat that. Jesus looks at your heart and the motive of your heart. You know, a little bit before this, in this passage, Jesus here talked about the Pharisees. How did he say it? In verse 26, he said, beware of the teachers of the law. And they were the Pharisees in that time. They like to walk around in flowing robes. They love to be greeted in marketplaces and they have the most important seats in synagogues and places of honour at banquets. You know, we live in in a day that is really focused on appearance. You know, parents nowadays love to throw... um, birthday parties, you know, and some of them throw really amazing birthday parties. I have this friend, right, um, that threw a Disney-themed birthday party. No kidding. In that party, they had Mickey Mouse that was walking around as the mascot, like playing with the kids. Then, of course, we had Princess Aurora, Princess um, Belle, you know, Cinderella, that was like full-size ladies that was all dressed up as all these princesses walking around. And it was elaborate. It was like a mini Disneyland. The games that they play and all that was crazy. You know, amazing parties that we throw. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with um, parties because um, I myself booked up a cinema and had my child, kids, birthday party there, like Kachil Cinema. You know, those parents who go to Kachil Cinema, you love Kachil Cinema, right? Like, what, what can beat 
a cinema with playground in it. So cool. Um, so yeah. So you know, we, we like to throw birthday parties, but the thing is, you know, we, we get so hung up about birthday parties, you know, and, and party packs. Oh my gosh, party packs. Um, as parents, you know, we'll go into Pinterest, we'll check this one, that one, and after that, we'll check with our kids. Um, do you like this one, that one, or this one, or that one? Um, they say, this one. Uh, but no, what about this one, that one, this one, or that one? You know, at the end of the day, your kids will kind of like say, just choose whatever you want, mom. It's okay. You know, you get so fed up. And you're still like, mm, I'm not sure. You know, we get so caught up with just doing parties. And not just that, after the party, oh my gosh, social media. Of course, we have the social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, we have to post all these pictures up because, and you know, you look at Facebook and it's, everyone look, have all these amazing parties and they look amazing in all these, um, the Facebook and what. But the thing is, when you're actually in the party, when you're in the party, it doesn't feel as great as the pictures show because, you know, most of the time people are on their phones, on their phones, you know, like, on the phones, um, they're not really interacting with each other. And those that are interacting with each other, you find people, not everyone is interacting with each other. They're a little bit awkward. And some dads were forced to go to these children's birthday parties, right? So they're reluctantly, they're grumpy. And it's really not that great. But when the camera comes, oh my, everyone would put on that best smile and best look because you know it will go places. Um, but, you know, we live in a world that is ultra-focused on appearance. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good and have great parties once again. Absolutely nothing wrong. You know, but if we use appearance to cover up what's really going on in your heart, that is when we get into trouble. That is when we get into trouble. If you look back in this passage, you know, it talks about flowing robes, greeted in the marketplaces and having important seats or places of honour. What is Jesus saying? He doesn't want us to focus on the flowing robes, the marketplace greeting, and important seats. What does this tell me? The flowing robes. The flowing robes tell me it is the right look. It is flowing is a physical appearance, how we look, how we dress. And, you know, for mothers... Oh my gosh, some of these moms, when they are pregnant right, they deliver their baby, when they come out of confinement and that's like one or two months, they look exactly the same or not better. How do they do that? You know, we'll go around, oh wow, you look so good. How do you do that? But for most of us, we will um, really not look so great no matter how we try what we do. Um, we still look pregnant. Um, some moms will relate to that and we struggle through that. You know, incidentally, I've given birth eight years ago, up to today, people still come up to me every now and then and say, oh my, are you pregnant? For the record, I'm not pregnant. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not pregnant, okay? Um, I have this condition called permanent pregnancy. Um, no baby is coming out, but I would jolly well look pregnant for the rest of my life, yeah? Um, and when I look around, I actually see some men having this condition as well. Um, oh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just dragging you into that sorrow that I'm going through, but you all look great. Turn to the person next to you. You look fantastic. Turn to the next person, say, she's not talking about you. 
But jokes aside, jokes aside, you know, we can really be affected by how we look. Here, Jesus says, beware of this. Beware of telling people they are pregnant. Just putting it out there, you know, bitterness, this person. (laughs) Joking. Um, But beware of this. What is Jesus trying to say? He's saying, do not focus on the appearance. That's why he say, flowing robes. These are marked. Like how you look, you've got the right look. Okay, don't focus on the right look. Then he moves on to say, marketplace greeting. What is this? This is the right moves, you know. Like you, you are out there. You are in this happening place, that happening place. You've got play dates. You've got, you know, um, um, cooking group. You've got all sorts of things. You're making cakes. You're doing all everything out there. Um, nothing wrong with this once again. But Jesus here is saying, beware if you're focusing all about having the right moves. You know, beware of the right looks, beware of the right moves. And lastly, he says, beware of being in the right places. Beware in important seats and places of honour is what the verse says. This is the right places. You know, you feel entitled, you feel you need to be acknowledged and recognised. Once again, nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's where our focus is. The right looks, the right moves, the right places does not matter to Jesus. The Pharisees looked at it, and that's why the verse says the Pharisees place importance in it. The world pushes us to look at these things. But here Jesus is saying, don't focus on them. These are things that does not matter to Jesus. He is really looking at the heart. He is looking at your heart today. So today, can I humbly propose this to you? When you feel like what you do don't really matter, that you have put in your heart and soul into making everything right, your job, your relationship, your family, your children, everything, and it feels like it is a drop in the ocean. What you do is like, it doesn't add up to anything. It doesn't matter. And you are exhausted. You are exhausted trying to make everything right. Can I humbly say this? That maybe you are valuing the wrong thing. Maybe you are valuing the wrong thing. The danger in valuing the right looks, the right moves, and being in the right places is that we put on a front, a perfect front, while inside we are completely broken. Don't do that. And because of that, it's hard for God to get in. Why? Because Jesus wants to work from inside out. But here, we are covering everything up and we are concerned about how we look, about how our family looks. But, and, and you know, when we put so much layer in front of us, God can't get in because He will not force His way into our hearts. Jesus is going for your heart. It is really about the heart. Here, this lady offered two very small copper coins. Jesus wasn't looking at her physical appearance. She was destitute with no safety net to fall on, yet Jesus saw her. It's about 
her heart. Can we read this together in 2 Corinthians? Let's read this passage together. Ready? One, two, three. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we come before God with our poverty, with the little that we have, our weaknesses, our insults, our hardship, our persecution, our difficulties, He will turn it into strength. He will turn it into strength. Your heart matters to Jesus. Mothers, the fact that you are sowing into your family matters. The fact that you love people matters. The fact that you sacrifice. Do you know how many mothers in our midst have actually stopped working when they had their baby so that they can just bring up their child well? That is a sacrifice that even nobody acknowledges. But I just feel God sees your heart. Jesus sees your heart and all these things that you do matters. It matters. Bring to Jesus an offering from your heart. Bring to Jesus an offering from your heart. And so what matters? What matters? Your heart matters. And the second thing that I want to talk about, your heartache. Your heartache matters. You know, here, um, this lady wasn't just poor. She was also a widow. A widow, what does a widow mean? A widow means she's gone through losing someone. Her husband has passed away. The person that she loves the most, she had to see him pass away. Not only that, she has to continue living through that pain. For those that have lost a loved one before, you know that's hard. You know that's hard. And here... Not just that, in those days, you know, we see a few verses before that, widows can be devoured. Um, and that's what verse 27 says. You know, the Pharisees, they devour widows' homes. They devour widows' homes. So this widow was struck down through emotionally by this whole incident. But not only that, you know, she could have possibly been taken advantage of. Yet here, Jesus acknowledges her. Jesus acknowledges her. But the Bible doesn't tell us um, about this, doesn't tell us much about this widow. But I'm sure behind her is an untold story. And because she is a widow and a poor widow, I'm sure her untold story is full of heartaches. It's full of heartaches. We all have heartaches. We all have heartaches. All have gone through some sort of a heartache. I'm sure many of you have an untold story. It might be untold because it is too painful to tell, or maybe it is too shameful to tell, or maybe it is too heartbreaking to tell. Your heartbreak matters to Jesus. You know, as I was preparing myself for this weekend, I, I, was, I was praying for mothers and what to share this week. I feel God dropped in my heart 
um, a group of people that I want to just um, highlight who has gone through a very deep heartache. And this is a group of people where you have faced marital infidelity. Your spouse has committed adultery. Um, you know, it, it is such a hard, hard experience because the anger, the betrayal, the disappointment that you feel is so, so deep that you feel, you know, that there will be times that you feel like you can't take it. You can't take it anymore. But yet, you took it all in. And for some, you didn't even voice it out because you hung on for the sake of your kids. And you are still fighting it. But today, God is saying that heartache matters to Him. Some of you might have ended in divorce, but some of you might still have kept the marital covenant. I feel today, God is saying, come to Him. Whether whatever your heart condition is, come to Jesus and lay that offering at His feet. He receives that offering. Another group of people that I want to acknowledge, you are children of parents who have committed adultery. You don't get recognized often, but you, you, know, you could be a child, teenager, young adult, or you're a fully grown person. You're a grown-up. You saw your parents storming it out because of adultery. This could possibly one of, be one of the most difficult emotional experiences that you have gone through because you watched the people that you love most destroy each other, yet you were completely helpless to do anything about it. You were completely helpless. You feel anger, shame, confusion, loneliness, and totally lost. And not only that, some of you were made to choose, you know, in the brokenness of your parents, they came to and asked, do you want to follow daddy or mommy? That is hard. But you know, today I feel God is saying, do not let the mistakes of your parents define you. Do not allow that brokenness and that experience hinder your future. Lay it as an offering before Father God, you are not your parents. You will not be like your parents. But you need to bring this offering and surrender it to God because you can't do it yourself. Lastly, I want to acknowledge the last group of people. You committed the adultery. You are wrong. You have wronged your family. And you did wrong. Yes, you did wrong. But you have been living in pain for a long time. But you feel disqualified because you brought pain to your family. And so you feel disqualified because you don't have the right to feel this pain because you inflicted the pain. You know, Jesus does not disqualify you. Let me repeat that. Jesus does not disqualify you. Your pain matters to Jesus. Your pain matters to Jesus. Everyone in the family is very wounded. One might feel, 
you know, they are deprived of emotional love. Another might feel they're deprived of physical love. And everyone is completely wrecked and broken. You know, King David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and was exposed by the prophet Nathan, he, he brought his offering. He brought his two very small copper coins before God and wrote Psalms um, 51. He wrote Psalms 51. And in this passage, I have it on screen. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. You know, you might have been disloyal and you feel like you don't know how to be loyal because you've, you've done wrong. But here, God is saying, ask me. God can renew that loyalty in you. You can start afresh. You can be a loyal spouse. You can be a loyal person. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You have disqualified yourself from coming before God, but be like King David. Do not go away from God's presence. Do not remove yourself from God's presence. And it goes on to say in verse 17, it says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You do not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O God. You do not reject a broken and a repentant heart. Whatever your heartache, whether you're the victim, you're the perpetrator, or you're the bystander, it might be marital infidelity, but it might be anything else. There are so many people that have gone through so many other heartaches. It matters to Jesus. Your heartache matters to Jesus. You feel like after going through that heartache, you have nothing left. You feel like you really have nothing left to offer Jesus. Hey, you've got that two very small copper coin. It's small, it's insignificant, and you feel like, how can this be of any value to Jesus? But having said that, this is all you have left. It matters to Jesus. Bring it before Jesus. Bring your brokenness before Jesus. Offer to Jesus your heartache. Offer to Jesus your heartache. And I want to pause for a moment here. And I just want to pray for the people that I've talked about and just everyone here, you know, because I've opened up a raw spot and I just want to bring it before God. Can we do that? Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, you see the conditions of our hearts and you see the heartache that we have experienced. Oh God, break into that deep darkness that is residing inside our hearts. And Lord Jesus, you know how painful it is and that moment, some of these walls that we have erected, but God, you are saying our heartache matters to you and you're asking us to offer it to you today. So Lord, turn that heart of stone into that heart of flesh once again. Lord, Lord let this incident not create a hardness in our heart because we want to come before you and lay it at your feet. So feel the hearts of each and every person that has experienced that deep, dark heartache. Bless them in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Yeah, so you matter. It matters. What matters? Your heart matters to Jesus. What else matters? Your heartache matters. And the last thing that I want to talk about, your hidden treasure matters. Your hidden treasure matters. What, what do I mean by that? Um, you know, this last point that I have to share uh, is going to be in light of something a little bit more positive, from negative to positive, from pain to gain, from, you know, etern- um, life on earth to eternal treasures in heaven. So let's look at this last part as we look back at Luke 21. It says, But she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. You might think, I uh, put all she had had to live on um, because it's two copper coins. It's not a lot. So it's insignificant. It doesn't, it's not a lot of things. It's no big deal. I don't know if you've ever been in financial lack, um, you know, or had had moments in your life that you're really going through financial challenges. Uh, When I was in college, my dad would give us, because we left, I I was from Sabah, I came over to study in KL at that point, and my dad gave us a certain amount of money um, every month, and this is your allowance, you know, live with it or die or kind of thing. And the thing, me and my sister, being in KL and all that, every now and then, we would go shopping. Um, And you know, when you go shopping and when girls, ladies go shopping, we would spend more than what we want to and buy more than what we need. Um, So there will be months that we have used our money for shopping and used a lot more money for shopping. We don't even have enough to makan. And every single cent matters. We will try to move this here, move this there and try to make it matter. So when you don't have a lot, the little bit you have actually matters a lot. You know, people that are going through debt will find it very hard to give tithes and give offering because there is a lack. So, you know, when I read this, I, this is not an easy thing for this lady to do. That little bit is huge. It really matters. I'm sure she wrestled through it internally before she gave these two copper coins. But as I read this passage, I believe that this widow did not just give of these two copper coins because it's just the common practice, it's just the right thing to do and all that. But I really believe she gave because she understood something far, far, far greater. She understood that as she gave this small amount into the temple treasury, she wasn't just giving to the temple treasury. She was giving it to God. She was giving it to the purposes of God. She was giving it into the kingdom of God. Everything that I've talked about up to this point culminates to this right here. It culminates right here. And what is it? It's at the point where she has given and surrendered everything to our Lord and Master. Because when she gave, she didn't give just because, oh, she thinks she will get something out of it. No, she doesn't know whether she'll get anything in return. But she gave because she has a deep understanding that she's sowing into a God picture. She's sowing to a purpose that is bigger than herself. Jim Elliot says this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep 
to gain what he cannot lose. We are all part of a bigger picture of an eternal purpose. When you give to your husband, you are give, give it as unto God. When you give to your children, give it as unto God. When you have to clean up all these magical socks that appears all over your house, do it as unto God because you are giving into God's kingdom. You know, it might have been a chaotic week, a tiring week, and you have gone through so much work, kids, all these things, and that came Sunday morning, Sunday you woke up maybe afternoon and you feel like, you really don't feel like coming to church, but maybe your wife dragged you, maybe you came yourself, you dragged yourself, but you are here today. And that is an offering to God. Amen. When, you're, when you give, your husband might not appreciate you, your kids might not even think anything about it. But give to Jesus. Do it as unto Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus has given it back to you on the cross. Jesus has laid it all down for you on the cross. And so, um, you know, in Matthew, it says this. Can we read this together? Let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. Do not store up yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure today? Where is your heart today? Is it on eternal things? Or are you worried that in an instant, everything will go, will disappear? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. What is this treasures in heaven? What is this treasure that you cannot lose? You know, when you show Jesus to your husband, that is an eternal treasure. When you sow Jesus to your children, that is an eternal treasure. When you impact others with a purpose of Jesus, it is an eternal treasure. It all comes down to people. Not things, not appearance, it comes down to people. That is our eternal treasure. And that's why in everything that we do, it is so important to ask these two questions. The first question is, have I loved Jesus more when I did this? And the second question is, have I caused others to love Jesus more? You know, in Matthew 13, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then for the joy set before him, went and sold all he had and bought the field. I really believe the poor widow in Luke understood this concept in Matthew 13. He found her hidden treasure. She, sorry, she found her hidden treasure. And that's, that is why she was willing to lay it all down, to give it all. Because she understood what this hidden treasure is. And when she did that, Jesus looked up 
And Jesus didn't care about the size of her giving, of her offering. He saw right into her heart. He saw right into her heartache. And he saw right into her hidden treasure. He saw the price that she paid. You know what? The hidden treasure, if you don't know what is your hidden treasure, let me tell you, the hidden treasure is Jesus. She found it in her God, and that's why she was willing to sell all she had. Well, she didn't sell all, she gave all she had. Today, Jesus sees your heart. Jesus sees your heartache, and Jesus sees your hidden treasure. Surrender that two copper coins to Jesus. What can Jesus do with that little bit? You know, when a boy surrendered his lunch of just two fishes and five loaves to Jesus, he multiplied it and did a miracle and fed 5,000. What can Jesus do with our little bit? When there was a small shepherd boy surrendered five stones to God, he used that to slay Goliath and delivered the Israelites. What can God do with our little bit? There was a widow in, um, in Zarephath who surrendered her little bit of oil and flour to a prophet called Prophet Elijah. And God provided for her family and rose her child from dead to life, from death to life. You know, I feel some of you, you have kids that might be spiritually dead. What can God do with your little bit? He can change. He can shift negative to positive. He can shift pain to gain. He can shift your life on earth to an eternal treasure. So what matters? Your heart matters. Your heartache matters. And that hidden treasure, oh my, that hidden treasure, you've got to find it. 